Welcome to the Walk Podcast of the Thompson Institute, a podcast for students and faculty on your walk across campus as a resource for your spiritual journey. I'm Aaron Badenhop. And I'm Jordan Browning. And we are your hosts and fellow Buckeyes. In the final part of our interview with Dr. Goldman, we ask her how she perceives that the person of Jesus is relevant to medicine today. We also ask how she copes with facing the suffering of her patients and ask what she would say to those feeling stress and anxiety about their academic studies. My guess is there are all kinds of people, even specifically at Ohio State, whether it be a medical student or a, a physician, a faculty member within the, the College of Medicine at Ohio State that uh, is a part of this system and has lived with this in, intense sort of expectation and evaluation for a long time and to this very moment are coping with living within this system without th- giving much thought at all to God, to God's nature, to uh, who Jesus is and his his infinite love for for us as human beings. Um, and so my question for you is, why why for you is Jesus relevant to medicine? I mean, you talked about this earlier mm-hmm. in our conversation that mm-hmm. that um, you know science and faith are not uh, inconsistent with one another for, from your perspective. So why why is Jesus relevant to you as a physician? Well, I guess the first obvious answer to me is Jesus is sometimes referred to as the great physician. You know, he is the ultimate healer. So being a physician myself, I want to model how I care for patients after how I read about how he cared for patients. But if I go deeper than that, when you think about healing and the broader term of healing and where um, as a physician, sometimes you are at an intersection where people are facing very difficult situations and uh, life and death or, uh, you know, a diagnosis of a very chronic debilitating disease and so suffering. And that's where you meet these people. And so when I think about that, Jesus has a lot to say about that and about suffering. And so again, if you think about um, Christ crucified, so his death on the cross and the suffering that he took on himself for us, in a sense to give us, uh, to save us, to give us salvation, to completely heal us, to uh, give us peace and a hope and a future, just all of that. I may not be describing this well, but... um, When we, too, come to that point in our lives, when we realize that we don't have all the answers, we cannot fix it a lot of times for our patients. We just can't. But if we have come to that point where we have acknowledged that and we have received the forgiveness and the grace and we have that hope, that enables us, empowers us to sit in a sense, with our patients who are suffering and to be present with them, not to have to fix it, Um, although we wish we could. You know, we wish we could take suffering away. But 
um, we join with them and kind of participate. So they are not alone. So to be able to offer someone hope and uh, just to be present with them so they know that they're not alone, that is huge. That is huge. And I think that is an essential part of being a healer. Thanks for sharing. I, I even as you're talking, I am thinking about how difficult, yeah, just <clears throat> what that experience would be like day in and day out. And I could see like a big temptation would be to just be numb, become numb to the suffering, become numb to what they're experiencing that. And you know what? I can't, I need to sort of maybe that's a protective layer around myself. I just need to be, I don't think you choose to be numb, but I've learned to be numb so that I can go to the next patient who's dealing with the next hard thing. Is that a tough thing to deal with or how do you fight that? There are professional boundaries, Hmm. you know, so there are boundaries and, um, you know, in my specialty, I, I am not dealing with the uh, suffering like that on an everyday basis, an everyday level. But I would say the physicians who are physicians in palliative care and some of the more critical, uh, like, intensive care are probably more skilled at that. But um, there's also kind of that closing the door, <laughs> maybe, uh to patients in a sense or breaking that more personal connection with some who are suffering so greatly because it's also in your face that you can't fix them. You know, so it hurts physicians sometimes to think that I can't help. And so I don't want to feel that either Mm. because does that reflect on my inadequacy? You know, so there's a lot, there's Mm. a lot going on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing a lot. Uh, and even it's yeah, just so obvious that you really genuinely care about what you, you're doing. It's not just a job. It's not something to get by, but that you're invested. And that, and that even your faith plays such an important role into what you're doing. Um, and even for myself, and I'm sure for Aaron, that's super encouraging. Um, and, and we were uh, wondering, too, um, if if there have been moments where you've been tempted to maybe believe that maybe Jesus isn't relevant in this context or um, where you've had to really wrestle through, okay, can my faith make sense of something like this? Or, um, yeah, have there been, I don't know, those difficulties? I don't want to call it a crisis of faith because maybe it's not always uh, huge, but yeah. I would say... um... I'm not tempted so much to disbelieve um, in Jesus or that my faith is irrelevant to what I do. I might say I've been tempted to try to separate them because I feel like that's what I was supposed to do. Mm. (laughs) And I tend to be a very um, compliant person. I tend to follow the rules. I mean, that's how I got to where I am. And so you know, I think, okay, maybe I should try to separate those things. But then when I think about it, I think, well, that's that's going to be pretty impossible for me to do because uh, the reason I'm in this the, and the reason that I work in the hilltop 
is all because of my relationship with Christ. So it would pretty much be impossible for me to sustain uh, that kind of work without my faith, without the compassion that Christ gives me, because believe me, I don't, I am not compassionate on my own, um, and without the power of the Holy Spirit. So I can't separate that, even if for a moment I think I would like to. Um, and I guess as far as uh, a crisis of faith, I have more difficulty sometimes um, believing in myself uh, or uh, than I do, of course, in believing in Christ. And I and I was thinking about that, and I was thinking that, well, maybe that's actually a disbelieving in God, because I think, you know, I am just not enough. I am not enough for this task at hand. And then I think, yep, yep, Jane, you're right. You are not enough, but that's not really the um, crux of the issue. God is enough, and that's all that matters because it's not about me. And so there you go. I have mm-hmm. these, you know, a crisis of faith and then where you get really burned out because you're trying to do it all yourself and you're trying to see so many patients in a little time and they've got huge problems. But you think, yep, but you know what? It's not about me. I'm here. I'm present. I'm doing what I can. And it's through the power of Christ that you're able to sustain that. Well, I think a lot of students that are listening to this on our campus are, many of them are maybe new to the campus and are just entering into their majors now. And, um, you know, probably most people who listen aren't uh, quite in the field of medicine yet, and many may never intend to be, especially <laughs> after hearing all the pressures that you've been about. Uh, but my question for you is, is what, what would you have to say to someone right now who's sort of looking at these next few years of their life and can kind of relate to the idea of it feeling daunting. I mean, there's all kinds of academic fields at Ohio State that are really, honestly, very challenging academically and are increasingly so uh, as Ohio State is climbing up the academic ranks. And what, what would you say to the student who's sort of feeling that pressure even now? Mm. I would say take a breath. <laughs> take a breath. Um, Ohio State is a wonderful place to be. <clears throat> I think that there is so um, so many things, different things to learn, uh, different fields to study, and um, they might need to take some time to reflect or to journal, uh, to talk with different people in different fields, and find the field where they they feel joy, you know, where they really will love it, that can uh, carry them in a career, you know, for their life that they will really be passionate about. Because um, when we're feeling the stress or feeling burned out, that's what brings us back. That's what brings back the joy is the, um, the reason we went into that field in the first place and the joy that um, that brought us. So I would say... Um, to take a breath and um, to consider what God might have designed you for, because He has uh, given each of us talents and gifts uh, that we uh, can enjoy and to 
use to make the world a better place. I mean, I really sincerely believe that is true for every single person. And um, sometimes we get pulled or pushed into a certain field of study, and it might not be truly what we uh, would suit us best. And so I would encourage them to um, look around. Yeah, because there's a lot of wonderful, wonderful work to be done and things that can give us great joy. Hmm. That's that's interesting to hear you say, because I think there's probably a lot of students at our campus who are in a major right now, not because they have gone through the process that you've described, but because they have a parent or a teacher or someone back home who expects them to be studying what they're studying and they're yeah. trying to fulfill someone's someone else's expectations yeah. of them even now. And so hopefully this does give them some freedom to be an adult and to really evaluate uh, who they are, what they enjoy, and and to look at their giftings and but I, what I also found to be really helpful about what you said was that you talked about uh, sort of how God has has gifted them. I think it's easy to sort of divorce God from academics and to to know that God actually has designed us to to study certain things and to to pursue a certain vocation and wants us to experience joy while we live out that that yeah. vocation that certainly uh, is a different picture of god than so many people had as sort of the the great judge in the sky who just wants people to follow irrelevant rules uh you know it's a very different picture of god as a loving father who's designed us to to live out our vocation with joy and to, mm-hmm. in honor of him. And so, um, anyway, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to, to do this interview with us. And, um, we really appreciate all of your thoughts and your time. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks to Dr. Jane Goldman for her time and for her insights, and we hope that our interview with her was helpful for you, our listeners on our campus. If you haven't yet, please mark your calendars for September 23rd as we have an event for the Thompson Institute at the Newport across from the Ohio Union at 7 p.m., in which we interview OSU professors about about their worldview, how they see the world. And keep an eye out also for the next episode of The Walk in which we interview OSU professors about their spiritual beliefs and experiences to be released in a couple weeks. Thanks so much for listening to The Walk of the Thompson Institute. The personal views presented by the scholars and professors on our podcast do not represent the views of their employer. For upcoming events and for more information, visit thethompsoninstitute.org, a program of CREW at Ohio State.